0: mm <laughs> The Lord, This is Brother Julius me. We are going through the book of Matthew, and we are now in Matthew chapter 15. And I will go step by step. When we get to some Bible verses, I will pause and give some comments. Verse, chapter 15 of book Gospel of Matthew, verse one. Then came to Jesus scribes and Pharisees, which were of Jerusalem, saying, "Why do thy disciples transgress the tradition of the elders? For they wash not their hands when they eat bread." Now this uh, accusation or this uh, complaint that these Pharisees were talking about the disciples of Jesus Christ, maybe they watched them that after they come back from from preaching about, they just grab bread and started eating, and uh, these people are f- so full of what they think holiness is. Hygiene, neatness, they think that's part of holiness, and so they said, well, they are not even washing their hands, they are not hygienic, and you still they think claim to be holy. So they are complaining that, about that to the Lord Jesus Christ. Why do your disciples, they call out the, trans, the tradition of the elders. So that's what they think is holiness. But Jesus Christ, what not even going to address that, He just wanted to point out the fact that the tradition of the elders, what they are talking about, But God is talking of more than just tradition. Because they, by their tradition, they are also of any good in many things. That's the approach the Lord used to confront, to answer them here. He said, but, but still he said, but he answered and said unto them, why do you also transgress the commandment of God by your tradition? The tradition of the elders, Where what they call it. The washing of the hands and so on is becoming tradition. Well, Moses told them some of those things like that, but it is just wisdom of hygiene. But say, hygiene and so forth that you are hygienic, so when you, you touch everything Even right now, you say when you touch anything you are touching, you know, there are some jams, there are viruses. But if you have power over those germs, over those viruses, they don't bother you also. But everybody say, well, if you are using your hand before you, you go and wash it with soap and so and so everything, that's just a, being a journey. because we have no power over all these invisible organisms that will affect our body if they get to our body, but not with Christ, and not if he has given the authority to the saints, which is what he has given to us. But say they are thinking it's just tradition of the elder that they must be like that, otherwise they are not classified as holy people. And Christ is now going to address their uh, tradition and say, Why do you transgress the commandment to go by your tradition? For God commanded, saying, Honor thy father and mother, and either cause thy father or mother, let him die the death. But ye say, Whosoever shall say to his father or his mother, It is a gift, by whatsoever thou mayest be profited by me, and honor not his father or his mother, he shall be free. Thus, have you made the commandments of God of non-effect by your tradition? Now, we, we in this generation may not understand that tradition that God was pointing logic was pointing to them, the way they have changed the law. God told them to honor their father. You know, when their father is getting old, you, the young men that are working should be supporting their parents financially. Not so. And that's what was the commandment of God: that the younger generation should take care of the older generation. But some of the people, they didn't really like the appearance much. So they are looking for a way to avoid giving the financial support. So they say, well, this is not hand. So the money they don't hand well, is just a gift. Somebody give you money. Where well, I only can afford $30 because I only made $50. So I can only give you $10. But what is this? Somebody just give you $1,000? I don't know. That's just a gift. Bonus. No, that's just a gift. So they are trying to separate any bonus, anything that is away from their normal salary so that they can avoid financially supporting their parents. And they turn it into, into something that is counseling the law of Moses and say, Well, I don't have any much money. But he, say, he just got some bonus from somebody here. And say, well, that's a gift. So that is that doesn't count. So that is what the Lord Christ was saying. They turn the tradition because that became a tradition. The people allowed them to do that because. The tradition of people that are trying to avoid responsibility. That's what Christ was pointing out. That that's an example of what you guys do that you call tradition. And he say, Ye progress, Well, did I say a prophesy of you, saying these people dread now to me with their mouth and honor me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. But in vain they do worship me, teaching for doctrines, the commandments of men. So they turn all those traditions to be the law. Even right now, uh, we heard, I'm, I'm not a Jewish person, so I, I only listen to what some of those Jewish rabbis or Christians that are Jewish Christians are talking about, that the rabbinic laws, that they call, what they call Torah, is not all that they follow. They follow some of the other books that these rabbis that didn't believe Jesus have coined out for them to disprove the, the Christians. Those are the ones they have been carrying for, for centuries now and become their... Their, their tradition, which is not even the Torah, that the Torah is what the Moses wrote down, that we all have the Old Testament. But there are other books that the, the so-called rabbis that wanted to disprove that Jesus is not their Messiah, have written down for them to make everything. And so they, trans, they, they interpret some of the things of the prophets according to what those rabbis read. And so they are listening to the rabbis that opposed Christ and become their tradition. And that is still going on in this generation. But those who Christ is saving, come to Christ and be saved. And both Jews and Gentiles. Verse 10. I'm reading Matthew chapter 15. We are in verse 10. And the Lord called the multitudes and said unto them, Hear and understand, not that which goeth into the mouth defileth a man, but that which cometh out of the mouth, this defileth a man. Now, people, when he told them that, people wonder, what does that really mean? Verse 12, he is going to explain to them in verse 12. Then came his disciples and said unto him, Knowest thou that the Pharisees were offended after they had this scene? But he answered and said, Every plant which my heavenly Father has not planted shall be rooted up. Let them alone. They be blind leaders of the blind. And if the blind lead the blind, both shall fall into the dish. Then answered Peter and said unto him, Declare unto us this parable. Peter thought it was a parable that said, What you eat does not defile you. It is what comes out of your mouth. So Jesus Christ said, Are ye also yet without understanding? Do not ye yet understand that whatsoever entereth in at the mouth goeth into the belly and is cast out into the drought. But those things which proceed out of the mouth come forth from the heart and they defile the man. For out of the heart proceed evil thoughts, murders, adulteries, fornications, Thefts, false witness, blasphemous. these are the things which defile a man, but to eat with unwashing hands, defile not a man. Now, you see, the Lord is trying to point out what is defilement, as we are referring to is spiritual defilement. Spiritual defilement, that is the one that is abomination before God. Because your spirit is the real you. And the spirit is defiled with sin, because what Christ listed there, murder. Adulteries, fornications, those are sins. And they say they come from the heart of man, which is the spirit inside a man when they are not regenerated. That's why Christ said we need to be born again, regenerated. Give, take the old spirit out, give us a new spirit, a new birth that will make us to live like that. And but you, you know that Christ has not gone to the cross yet when he was telling them this, but he was pointing out that it is the spiritual defilement that we are talking about. But the juice of that generation, long periods of God, what you eat, they think is defining you if you are not washing your hands and so on. That can give you sickness in the physical body, but has, your physical body is not really you. Your physical body is the clothes you are wearing. Your spirit and soul is the one that's really wearing this clothes. And what comes from the mouth is what you are speaking out, what you are thinking about, what you plan to do. Those are all behavior and also, those are the things that God sees in the spirit that defile you and you are unclean before God because of your thoughts and your plan and your be- behaviors, murder, theft, those are things that make you not to be able to come closer to God. That's defilement. When you are defiled like that, you can't come close to God. Not the food you eat because that goes into your body and the body is just a coat you are wearing. You understand that? That's what Christ was pointing out. That. He said, these are the things which defile a man, but to eat without washing and defile it, not a man. Even... When your body is afflicted, your body is afflicted by sickness, that's not defilement that we are talking about. Yeah, somebody may be sick because he ate something that is that is uh, polluted, that will make the body sick, but that's not the defilement God is talking about. Because those who die of cancer, do they go to heaven if they are Christians? They still go to heaven. Those who die of any of those diseases in their physical body and the holy people Christians, do they go to heaven? Yeah, they still go to heaven. So the Physical sickness it does not take anybody away from heaven. But what we take body away from heaven is sins that come from behavior adulteries, fornications, blasphemies, thefts, false witnesses. Those are the ones that we say keep people away from God. So that's why he said those are the defilements. Now, verse 21. We are reading Matthew chapter 15, verse 21. Then Jesus went thence and departed into the coasts of Tyre and Sidon. And behold, a woman of Canaan came out of the same coast and cried unto him, saying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, thou son of David. My daughter is grievously vexed with the devil. But the answer had not a word. And the disciples came and besought him, saying, Send her away, for she cried after us. Now, this story, the Lord was teaching faith, how faith to hang in there. Tough. Even when it looks as if God is not answering, when you pray for something, hang in there tough. He said, keep knock and keep on knocking, because this is an example of the story of this woman. For one thing, she was calling Jesus the son of David. And to, to the Gentiles, is he, not the son of David. He's the Lord of, the, of David. But see, when he come to the Jews, he thought, son of David, son of David, so he didn't disagree. But when the Gentiles come and say, son of David, you no, know, he's Lord, he's our Lord. So, it's not Son of David to, to us, it's Lord Almighty. So, that is really why I can say, perhaps the reason why he first behaved as if he was still going to answer this woman. Because he said she was a Gentile. But she had people calling him Son of David, so she also called him Son of David, Son of David. I remember somebody telling me that, oh, don't call him, don't call him Jesus, call him Yeshua, Yeshua. I said, no, Jesus is what has been given to us, that's the name I call him, that's the they answer me. Up. So you call him Joshua, which Yeshua are you calling him? Up? Joshua of uh, Jerusalem or Joshua of uh, of uh, of another city. said no, Jesus of Nazareth It's the name that we Gentiles know him by. You say that's the Greek form of Joshua, yeah? But that's the one we call. And the whole world is calling Jesus the Son of God, Jesus Christ. The whole world, other than the people that say they are Jews, even the Jews that are believing Christ now, they still want to call Jesus or Joshua Messiah. That's it. He answered by the name Jesus. So Gentiles, praise the Lord. So, but this woman was calling him son of David, so he just kept going, he didn't, he didn't listen. And then the disciples said, well, this woman is just bothering us. She was crying after us. And they came and said, told the judge send I away, for she cried after us. But Jesus Christ answered and said, I am not sent but unto the lost sheep of the house of Israel. This, it's not yet time for the Gentiles. I'm just going to talk to the Jews first. Verse 25, then came she and worshipped him. Now that is when she began to do the right thing. She was now worshipping. Worship him is the Lord. And he said, Lord, help me. Now she's talking. Not calling me son of David, son of David, no? Verse 26, but he answered and said, it is not me to take the children's bread and to cast it to dogs. Well, that looked like insult, no sir? But see, the woman was not going to take any no for an answer. That was the faith God is trying to make us to see. Don't take no for an answer. Insist, I want this thing, sir. I want this thing, Lord. <laughs> Excuse me. And you not even give another story of a widow that was banging on the door of a judge. That was calling that judge, please defend me or fight for me and so And the judge said, Who is this widow? I don't know her. She doesn't have anybody I respect. And the judge said, I don't respect anybody anyway. She didn't fear God either. But see, the widow kept coming, kept coming until the woman, the man that was the judge, got weary and said, "If I don't do something about this woman, she will wear me down, and she had to answer her." So without that, we of say persistent, God is tenacious, persistent. Same with this woman that we take no for an answer, we not take no for an answer. You know what I mean, take not no for an answer. So Christ said, "It is not me to take the children's bread and to cast it to dogs." And she said, "Truth, Lord, yeah, truth. Yet yeah, the dogs eat." of the crumbs which fall from their master's table. So she said, I will take the crumb; That's good enough for me. Then Jesus answered and said, O oh woman, great is thy fate. Be it unto thee, even as thou wilt. So that was, why that was a test, no so The Lord said, well, it's not good to throw children's bread to dogs. I want to say what would be the response of the woman? woman said, well, dogs even eat crumbs from the master's table. So which means she said, I won't mind the crumbs, sir. And Jesus said, "Well, great is thy faith. Faith means believing, wanting what you want, claiming it, and believe for the impossible." And the Lord just said, "That great is your faith. Be unto thee, even as thou wilt." Our daughter was made whole from that very hour. What are we learning from that story? Don't get insulted because somebody turned you off. Let's say you went, uh, you want to be prayed for. And they say, "Well," they say. I remember when people line up and say, only 10 people, only 10 people. Thousands of people let down, the pastor, the preacher can only touch 10 people. And the other people go and say that. Some people get offended and walk away. Well, if you really want what you want, you won't get offended. Actually, you don't really need the man to touch you. If you really want Jesus Christ to touch you, it is Jesus, not the pastor that is preaching. But many people get offended. And the, an offense like that will not even make God answer you. Because if someone say, only number one to ten. Everybody, go sit down. The preacher, the minister of the gospel, is going to touch only pray for only ten people. If you know whom you are, what you are dealing with, you can go back to your seat and say, Lord, I come here to for you to touch me, not this pastor. Touch me, Lord Jesus, and give me the miracle I ask for. And the Lord will be touching you because you are t- talking to heaven, not to a pastor. But people are putting their mind only on the man, only on the preacher, only on the prophet, and they run there, and the prophet says, I only want ten people. And then they get offended, and they go again tomorrow and they say, I only want 10 people. So they got offended. But see, if you know what you are doing, that you are not dealing with prophet or pastor or teacher, you are dealing with Christ, who is everywhere. Then you can present your case before you without even going to the pastor. That I come here, Lord, for you to touch me. Touch me, Lord, I need your help. I humble myself. I humble myself before the Lord, like this woman. She came and worshipped Christ, and then the Lord gave her the miracle. Now, let's continue to verse 25, 29, chapter 15 of Matthew, verse 29. And Jesus departed from thence and came nigh unto the sea of Galilee, and went up into a mountain and sat down there. And a great multitude came unto him, having with them those that were lame, blind, dumb, maimed, and many others, and cast them down at Jesus' feet. And he healed them. That was the compassion of our Lord Jesus Christ heal them all. In so much that the multitude wondered when they saw the dumb to speak, the maim to be whole, the lame to walk, and the blind to see, and they glorified the God of Israel. Let me pause there and talk about this because we are seeing cases in our generation. let's say generation about 50 years, 100 years ago when people go to crusades and people are prayed for miracles upon healing were done. We also, we also heard about situations where people that were healed, and they were healing for two weeks, three weeks, four weeks, five weeks, and this trouble came back upon them. Either they were bedridden, they couldn't rise up, and then when they were prayed for, they were uh, healthy and come back walking, giving testimony to God. And then the devil came back after some months or two weeks later, three weeks later, four weeks later, the people say, oh, they lost their healing. Why is that? there was no record that anybody here was losing their healing when Christ was healing them or maybe it was never recorded because the bible says it is by faith but faith is what is drawing this thing from the Lord Jesus Christ so anyone that in our own generation they have been teaching I remember a minister of the gospel that was teaching the people that you need to be able to hold on to your miracle by your own faith believing the word of God and that is Essentially, well in the body of Christ, we believers that are following the Lord Jesus Christ, when we receive a miracle and healing of our body, Christ wants us to get to the level that we also understand our right as believers in Christ. And so we should be able to hold on to that miracle and resist the devil that tries to bring back the symptoms. Say, no, you don't come here, Satan. No, Jesus Christ has already healed us. By his right. we will heal. Understanding the sacrifice Jesus Christ did on the cross is meant for every believer. And then claiming that promise that Christ has already given to us on the cross is meant for every believer. So that every believer that, is, that got a miracle that should be able to understand the word of God and resist the devil with that word of God, so that they will leave us alone. And that is what we must always emphasize. And if the believers that are coming to be prayed for are oh, only just getting the miracle instantaneously and then the devil came back, they don't know how to resist the devil, they just say, Oh, I thought I was healed. Maybe I was not. Then they just give it to the devil. You can't say that God has already healed us 2,000 years ago. You say, but why is the devil still bringing this trouble upon us? We have to resist the devil with the word of God. With the word of God that we believe. That like Christ said by Israel, we were healed 2,000 years ago. When the sinners try to come back, we say, no, you don't come back here. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, we are already healed. And the devil we try again and again, them, the devil will give up. That is the understanding God wants us to exercise our faith. Because we are not to be babes forever in the body of Christ. But those who are not in the body of Christ, they can see this miracle, and that's why the instant miracle is happening to unbelievers. When then when they come to be in Christ, they are to know the word of God and know the truth and stand their ground because we are now sons of the, of the kingdom to be able to exercise our faith. That is why we are seeing situations where people are losing their miracles because they are in the church, they don't know the word of God to resist them with. But in this situation when Christ was healing all of them, they were all not in the church. The church has not started. And many of them were unbelievers. So Jesus has just giving them miracles. There was no record that some of them were the dumb that was healed. And after some three weeks later, they became dumb again, no other recording. Or the blind after they were healed, after some months later, they became blind again, no other recording. Because he was giving the unbelievers signs and wonders and healing miracles. But when the church started, he expected the members of his body to grow up to the level we understand our rights as saints of the Most High God, as believers, and be able to resist the devil. Because this is what he said. These signs shall one of them that believe in me. Every believer became a minister. Every believer become a minister. He doesn't want us to be babes forever. So, resist the devil steadfastly in the faith. Now, let's continue chapter Matthew chapter 15, verse 32. Then Jesus called his disciples unto him and said, I have compassion on the multitude because they continue with me now three days and have nothing to eat. And I will not send them away fasting, lest they faint in the way. And the disciples say unto him, When should we have so much bread in the wilderness, as to feed so great a multitude? And Jesus said unto them, How many loaves have you? And he said, Seven, and a few little fishes. And he commanded the multitude to sit down on the ground, and he took the seven loaves and the fishes, and gave thanks, and break them, and give to his disciples, and the disciples to the multitude. And they did all it, and were filled. And they took up of the broken meat that was left, seven baskets full. And they that did it were four thousand men, beside women and children. Now this is the second time that the Lord Jesus Christ multiplied bread. The first time it was what? Five loaves, and two fishes, and five thousand people, beside women and children. Now that place... Said, so, well, they have been here for three days. Almost three days is like a camp meeting. Like a camp meeting, maybe they declare a camp meeting or they just went to this place. People just stay there and they were going there. I know most of them, if they know they are going on a camp meeting, they would have brought some food with for at least for the children also. But a whole day passed, if they are they going to run out of food. If they brought some food and there was no in the wilderness. And the second day, and the third day, so they uh, Definitely we run out of food if they never plan for a camp meeting. But most of the women won't go with their children to a place like that without getting some extra food for the babies at least. But like Jessica said, he saw that they are run out of food. Of course, some of them may still have some struggle food left, but most of the people are already run out of food. But were they fasting? He said, they were, he said, I don't want to send them away fasting, which means it was like a fasting camp meeting that he they declared. It was not announced that they declared that everybody come here, but you must come to fast. Because we do that in our generation, where we call a camp meeting in a school during a vacation time. And many of the brethren will come to that camp ready to fast for those three days or seven days. No food at all. We are not supplying food. Everybody's fasting. And during each day, each day, we are teaching and preaching. That goes on in our generation right now. We do it in where we are in Africa. We do it over and over again in different places. But then, when they were about to finish the camp meeting and they are all going home, maybe after the end of the fasting, how did they go? And that's just what perhaps happened. Christ said, I don't want to send them away the fasting. So let's get them food. We break the fast before they leave. I said, Well, with these five, four thousand people, we're going to get food for them. And he said, How much loaf do you have? And they said, Seven loaves. So, which means the you also have some bread. If, he has, if they have not declared fasting, which means they were eating the bread and only seven loaves left. If they also were fasting, they only have seven loaves carrying with them. Until now, now that everybody is about to go, and they say, well, we only have seven loaves. We can distribute that for everybody. they say, okay, bring the seven loaves and the fishes and the distributed and the miracles happen. Because of the compassion of Christ against him. He said, I have compassion on the multitude. You see what the Bible says, faith cometh by love. Faith walketh by love. I mean, faith walks by love. The love is the compassion that Christ has. If he didn't want to send them away fasting and hungry. They might they faint on the way. So that is compassion. He says, faith walks through that compassion to give to multiplication of bread. Many times we don't remember that, we don't know about that. We try to demonstrate power. But the power will not work without the compassion. On the people we are trying to help. So it said there are 4,000 men beside women and children. So if you assume that that's 4 times 4 again, that should be like 16,000 crowd. And he sent away the multitude and took sheep and came into the coast of Magdala. Now that is the end of chapter 15. The Lord walking signs and wonders, miracles of bread and healing of the sick, and they never. There was no record that any of those that were healed lost their healing because he was giving miracles to them because they were still unbelievers. But like I said, in the body of Christ, when we receive miracles, we must learn the word of God that we that we exercise our faith to resist the devil with the word. That is not for the unbelievers. We resist them with the word of God and then we can receive our miracles because by his right we were already healed. But we have to tell the devil that and resist them and tell them to get lost. Because we are already healed by the strength of Jesus Christ. And maintain that. Don't say, I said it once, and I said it second time, the man, the devil still didn't go. You maintain it. It's like a fight. It's a warfare. That's why it's a warfare indeed. So you resist the devil like a war. And say, the devil has to run up because we have our master, Lord Jesus Christ, that has already destroyed the devil, and has defeated the devil, and is on our side. God is on our side, backing us up. And we are to speak the word of God to the devil. The devil is to obey. But being a stubborn spirit, we try to disobey and we have to call for the Lord to smite the devil. God is watching and listening. And He watches so far as well to perform it. But we have to maintain our faith and say, we insisted that this must be done. That's why you demand our rights. And the devil has to back off. We will continue this in the next chapter. God bless you. Amen.